TII item 357, July 29th, 2015, Stage Fright Gate and iOS 9 Public Beta 2. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Harry's.com, where you can use promo code TII to save $5 off your first order. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Stacy for sending the music you hear in the background. Stacy wrote, Hi Rob, I created this song called Geosynchronous with the app Korg Gadget, and the track was mastered with AudioShare using the InterApp Audio Apps, AUFX Peak EQ, and AUFX Push Generic Subtitle Preset. This is from my album Orbiting Mood Swings, where all the songs were created on an iOS device. You can find my music by searching for Spectral Sevenths, two words, in Spotify. Guards, Stacy P. Thanks, Stacy, for the music, and folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Lou for sending in the artwork for today's show. Lou said the following Hi, Rob. To create this artwork, I used defont.com for the TII text and the apps FontKiller and Laminar to put it together. Regards, Lou V. Thanks, Lou, for sending in the artwork, and folks, you can see Lou's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 357 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, The iPad is a disappointing effort that fails to live up to the hype. The iPad is both an oversized iPod Touch and an underpowered netbook. The iPad is a not-so-magical e-reader. Expect to hear a lot of, I spent a cold night in line for this? Scott Moritz, TheStreet.com, 9th of March, 2010. Scott, I'm guessing what you heard a lot more of after the iPad came out was the following question. I paid $10 a week to the street.com for this advice? Just saying. Sadly, no new promo codes this week. Bad app or iBook marketer are you if you have a paid app or iBook and did not send in codes. So then I give a quick reminder. If you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me. If you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free, we just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And on the off chance that you happen to be someone listening who is not a native English language speaker and you would like me to read your review, I can do that as well. Right after the last episode came out, Apple went and released the second public beta for testers. This is the same one as the fourth beta for devs. Just looks like they are releasing to devs first and then a day or so later to the public testers. Makes sense. If anything major pops up, they keep it limited to those that are more understanding of issues. Before you start doing beta testing, here is an email I want to read for you. Hi, Rob. I wanted to talk about my experience with iOS 9 public beta. I really wish I would have followed your advice and have not installed it. The first week was smooth, so I continued to use the iOS, but then I started to experience massive bugs 
My phone screen would turn blue and then restart itself over and over. My Apple Music app would crash, and during text, my phone would freeze, causing me to have to hard reset. Long story short, the iOS causes so much issues, I couldn't even update to the official iOS 8.4 without factory resetting my device. Hopefully, this email will help discourage those daring enough to download the beta, especially on their main device. Regards, Zatis B. Now, normally, I don't report on bugs and betas, just features. Uh, really, I'm not reporting on bugs I found in iOS 9, just really a reminder to those thinking of doing the public beta. Beta means testing phase, and testing phase means finding bugs, and bugs there are to find. So again, if you are not someone that can live with issues like freezes and reboots and unresponsiveness, or a goat simulator not working right, my son told me to mention that, then stay away from the betas. Betas are for those that have multiple devices and don't rely on their device for work or as their main device for whatever, whatever it is they need their main device for. So again, if you can't live without your iOS device, don't go with a beta. Now, if you are running the iOS 9 betas, one thing you can't do that those on iOS 8.4 can is write review of apps. This is actually a good thing as it seems those running the public betas were writing negative reviews for apps that were not working correctly with iOS 9 beta. Like my son reminds me, Goat Simulator is not working correctly, which is why this is a good thing, especially for devs. Not that Goat Simulator isn't working, but that you can't write reviews, that is. It's not fair to negatively review an app because it does not work 100% with the beta. It's still a beta. Devs need time to get their apps fixed and then submitted and then approved in the App Store, which is why the last beta will likely be somewhere around mid-August or the week after that. So if you are a public beta tester of iOS 9, do not be upset you cannot write app reviews, as really you should be concentrating on the bugs and issues you find with the beta itself and reporting them back to Apple and not putting in one-star reviews for an app that's not playing nice yet with a beta. So how is Apple Music doing? Well, Apple did not give specific numbers. They did say, quote, millions and millions of customers are already experiencing Apple Music, and the number is growing substantially every day, unquote. Obviously, in the three free-month trial period, those numbers, if they were even specific numbers, would not mean a lot. The question will be, come three, four, five months from now, what percent stay with the paid service, and what that number is. Since Apple does need to pay record labels and the like, it is possible leaks will happen and we'll find out what those real numbers are. Maybe Apple will even give those numbers. <laughs> no. Spotify has talked about having 20 million paid monthly subscribers, with that service likely to take probably the biggest hit, as Pandora has just said so far, Apple Music has not affected their numbers at all. Right now, as July 28th, iOS 8.4 has been installed by about 55% of iOS users. So really right now, Apple Music is only available to about half of the iOS users. Oh, and Snap, an update on this already. Looks like the major labels are already talking and saying that Apple Music already is over 10 million active users. Seems, if the rumor is true, Apple told the record labels that, like, I figured they would. And the record labels, not known for security or privacy, blabbed. 
Now, the question really comes down to, can Apple fix the bugs people are reporting before the three-month subscription period is over and before users get so frustrated that they go out and figure out how to turn off the auto-subscription option? So Apple's got to work quickly to mitigate the bugs, make them minor, and then completely wipe them out before the three-month period from when this originally launched is over. Hi, this is Don from New York City, Manhattan about the Today in iOS podcast and the Amazon Echo. Like the other listener that called in, I had a tremendous amount of frustration trying to get the Amazon Echo to play the Today in iOS podcast. I finally figured it out, but it's often tricky because, number one, the Amazon Echo doesn't know an acronym from a hole in the wall, or it doesn't seem to at this point. And number two, even if you get it right. If it's really not a word, a lot of times when you say it another time, it may get it wrong yet again. But what I did was I said, Alexa, play Today in iOS podcast on TuneIn. And that worked. And interestingly enough, she came back and confirmed what I wanted to play. And she said, you want me to play the Today in i.o.s podcast. So it's possibly another way to get it to understand today in iOS is to say play today in i.o.s podcast. But I haven't verified that for sure. I do wish the Echo would get better about things like that. It is. I can see they're already working on it. There are things that play now that didn't play a few weeks ago unless you said things in a very specific way. So they are working on it all the time, and it's got some awesome potential. Again, this is Don in New York City. Thanks for an awesome podcast. I listen to very few podcasts anymore because most of them, for the time you put in, for the amount of information you get out, it's just not worth it. But your podcast definitely is. Thank you very much. Keep up the good work, and thanks for your awesome support of voiceover users. I'm one of them, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Don, thanks for the very kind words. And honestly, this show would not be the show it is without feedback like yours and other feedback we're going to read and play here throughout the episode. So thanks to all the listeners for really helping make this show what it is. And into the email bag we shall go. Hey, Rob. I have Spotify Premium as a freebie from my telco here in New Zealand, so won't be subscribing to Apple Music, but I have been enjoying the free trial. The integration with Siri is amazing. It's awesome to be able to say, Siri, play Lynn Eyes by the Eagles for Lynn Eyes. Nice. Or how about Lion Eyes by the Eagles, for instance. But even more incredible to be able to say, Siri, Play me the top 200 songs from 1984, and they just start playing. I find the interface a bit messy, but the suggestions and Siri integration make a compelling product. Regards, Simo, Wellington, New Zealand. Thanks, Simo, for that feedback, because that drives me to a point. I've read a few reviews recently from some very well-respected bloggers about them breaking up with Apple Music or not liking Apple Music or talking about the convoluted Apple Music interface. But with Siri, it makes it so easy to use. And everybody I talk with that uses Siri to control Apple Music loves it. That is the hidden gem. That is this special sauce. So 
Simo, thank you for putting that in a nice email to really drive that point home. All right, a tip for us running low on storage with our iOS device, make sure you delete any old videos from text messages, especially duplicates that you have on a camera roll. Regards, Mike R. Well, thanks, Mike, for that very quick tip. Hi, Rob. Good news for HSBC UK customers. Apple Pay is up and running with them. Regards, Tosano. Hello, Rob. I found a feature in iOS 9 Public Beta 2 that I have not seen mentioned anywhere yet. In the Mail app, I was composing an email. I noticed an old email address that was no longer my contracts, so I tried to remove it. In iOS 8, I would tap on the icon, uh, the little I info icon next to the email address to delete the suggested email. In the contact info dialog, tap remove from recents. However, in iOS 9, to remove from recents is gone. I did find the following under settings, mail, contacts, and calendars. If I toggle contacts found in mail off and then back on, all old email addresses not in contacts were removed. I hope Apple brings back the old remove from recent so I can individually remove old email addresses. Regards, Stephen in Houston. Well, thanks, Stephen, for that feedback. Hey, Rob, this is Jerry and Indy. Just want to let you know I ordered the Apple Watch Sport model late on the evening of June 23rd, and uh, the Apple Store said that it would be a one- to two-week delivery. But it actually arrived two days later on the 26th of June, so pretty quick delivery there. Uh, the one minor gripe, I don't know why they don't sell the black sport band with, uh, unless you get the space gray watch. And my ultimate goal was to get a uh, the silver link bracelet anyway. But I do understand, I, I think somebody told me you could take it to the Apple store and they would exchange the, the uh, white band for a black band. So I, I may try that. But, but like I said, I really wanted the link bracelet, uh, but I didn't want to spend $400 at or whatever it is that Apple charges. Uh, and I found one on Amazon from a company called OITTM, and it's the Apple Watch Strap uh, Stainless Steel Metal Replacement Band. It arrived on July 11th. I ordered it the same time on the 23rd of June, but it shipped from China. Got here on the 11th. It was really easy to take out links. It, it came with a little kit to uh, remove some links. It works really well. like it a lot, and it was $36 on Amazon, so uh, no complaints there. The, the only minor gripe is that there's no uh, sort of fine adjustment like some bands have uh, right at the uh, clasp, but it, it's uh, it's a really good band for $36, and I think it's a really good value, so just wanted to let you know it's a pretty good time to order an Apple Watch. doesn't take long to get here, and uh, I like I'm really enjoying it. I had the Pebble Steel prior, and so I was uh, familiar with the smartwatch operations and so forth. But, you know, there are a couple advantages that the Pebble has with the always-on display, easy, easy to read in bright sunlight and the battery life. But uh, I'm finding a lot of times I can get two days out of my Apple Watch and uh, wear it in bed overnight and just charge it every other day. I'm very happy overall and love the functionality. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Jerry, thanks for the feedback on your recent Apple Watch experience. And we've got a couple more emails here I want to read. Hi, Rob. I wanted to commend you for your help and advice over the past eight years. I bought Harry's razors last year on your recommendation and love it. This 80-year-old has tried many razors through the years, and Harry's is the best for me. Regards, Skip. Hi, Rob. I've been a loyal Harry's customer since listening to the TII podcast and their sponsorship several months ago. I tried Harry's and haven't looked back since. Best shave I have ever had, along with a nice, all day long smooth face thanks again for all you do for us ios folks and here's a link to a video that goes over 
the different shaving razors that are out there and comparing them. And Harry's won out over the competitors, including being half the price of Gillette razor, but even a better shave. Respectfully, Sean. Well, thanks, Skip and Sean, for the feedback, and Sean also for the link to the video. And thanks for supporting our sponsors. And I want to thank Harry's for sponsoring this episode. If you go to harrys.com, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use promo code T-I-I, you'll save $5 on your first order. Let's face it, guys. One of the worst parts about shaving is tracking down that person to unlock the display case so you can get your razors. The other worst part is the price you pay for said razors when you get to the checkout counter. Harry's helps on both those fronts. No need to go to the store. You just order online and get the razors delivered right to your door with free shipping. The starter kit, the Truman set, is amazing. For $15, you get a razor, foaming shave gel, and three razor blades, all in a great package that screams, Gift me, gift me. Are you listening, ladies? And with the $5 off, it's really only $10 for that kit. And the foaming shave gel is great. If you look at what it is made from, you might not know if you should eat it or shave with it. Ingredients include licorice root, extract, a blend of cucumber and aloe. After using it, my wife asked me what smelled so good. It really is nice to shave with something that's not made from industrial chemicals that's going to cause certain parts of your body to shrink. I am 100% a full-fledged Harry's customer, have been for over a year. That is my blade, nothing else. They really are the best blades out there, and that's not an accident. Harry's purchased a German factory to make the blades for the razors. They offer a close, comfortable shave with each blade lasting well over a month. Once again, go to harrys.com now and save $5 off when you enter the promo code TII with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and enter promo code T-I-I at checkout to save $5 on your first purchase. Start shaving better today. Well, or at least as soon as your new shaving kit arrives at your doorstep. We are now well over 2,000 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that's joined and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came from Stan Bentley, who posted the following question. Quote, can someone point me to a resource that I can use to get sync over Wi-Fi to work? I have four devices all running iOS 8.4, the latest version of iTunes. Sync over Wi-Fi checked in the summary sections for all devices. However, when I attempt to perform as Wi-Fi sync, I get a looking for iPhone pop-up. Then it and the device on the menu disappear. I've reset everything I can think of, but still no use. I'm trying to be able to sync my apps with iTunes, so I only have to download the apps once rather than for each device. Thanks in advance." Unquote. Some of the replies he had were the following from Robert Kelly, quote, I've had that problem for many years, regardless of iPhone model or iOS and iTunes software. The only thing that seems to work for me currently is making sure my phone is on and unlocked during the entire sync process. Unquote. And from Francisco Tapia, quote, The sync over Wi-Fi is very buggy. I usually have to sync over a cable with each device that is buggy. I typically, one, deselect sync over Wi-Fi, two, sync, three, enable sync over Wi-Fi, four, sync once more, then disconnect, and then I am able to sync once again over Wi-Fi, unquote. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fan's boy free zone and spammer free zone. 
Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,000 plus of you already in our Google Plus community and contributing. Also from the Google Plus community was this post from Tosin O, who wrote, quote, just thought I'd put this out there for any folks having any issue on the iOS 9 beta, which uh, have developed since the second public beta was released and wasn't fixed by it. It might be worth trying reset all settings. I had issue with voiceover in the first public beta, then noticed and then notification center and control center would not work in the second. Simply resetting all settings fixed it though. I had already reported it to Apple via the feedback app. Definitely worth a try. You never know, unquote. So again, that's in the settings app and then general and then go to reset and then reset all settings. Since the last episode, there's been a lot of talk about what the number is for Apple Watches sold. What's the realistic number? Some say don't say anything under 3 million is, you know, not valid. Some say anything over 4 million is invalid. Let's talk about what the likely number of Apple Watches sold really was by looking at the data out there from Apple and from Slice and from a few others. Last quarter, first we need to go into some of the quarterly statements. So last quarter, other products was 2,641 million or $2.641 billion. The previous quarter, it was $1.689 billion, and it was $1.767 billion in the year-ago quarter. For the year-ago quarter, iPods were $442 million of that, and accessories were $1,325 million, or $1.325 billion. The year before that, it was $773 and $1,179 million, respectively. If we project to this year, iPod sales were probably around 300 million at most, with accessories coming in at around 1.1 billion. That leaves 1.241 billion dollars for Apple Watches, which jives what was also said in the conference call that Apple Watch accounted for well over 100% of the growth for that category, with declines in both iPods and accessories. If we look at the slice data for an ASP, they found that the ASP for their customers came in at $505. While we can throw out their estimates on unit sales because they, you know, they're just taking a sampling and trying to project that for the US, the ASP number should be close to reality as that is not a sample and projection, but rather from looking at actual unit sale pricing and getting an ASP for their customers, which is a large enough sample that it should be statistically significant and be within a couple of points of what it actually is. So if we take the $1.241 billion and an ASP of $505, that works out to 2.457 million units or 2,457,000 units that were sold of Apple Watches last quarter. How does that jive with what Tim Cook's comments are that it, it outsold the iPad and its comparable launch window? Well, let's look at that. The original iPad launched on April 3rd, 2010. And through June 26th, 2010, Apple's reported selling 3.27 million units or 3,270,000 units during what was an 85-day window. 
We also know from an Apple press release that they sold over 300,000 units on the first day. That leaves little or somewhere around 2.9 million units over the next 85 days or about 35,357 units per day. The Apple Watch went on sale April 24th and the quarter ended on June 27th. That is a 65-day window. If we take the 35,357 per day sales, multiply it by 64 and then add the 300,000, you come up with 2.562 million units or slightly more than the 2.457 million estimated previously. How do I explain the difference between the two? Simple. We know that in the first 45 to 60 days of the iPad being on sale after the initial push, it was in short supply. I mean, you could not find an iPad right after that initial weekend. That means for many of those days, because of supply constraint, the iPad was not selling anywhere near the average number. In reality, the iPad would have sold easily well below the 2.457 million number in its first 65 days on market. Or you could say the ASPs from Slice were just a little high. In any case, what we get is Apple Watch sales last quarter below, well below the 3 million unit mark, and way, way, way below the Engadget article saying that there was 4 million units sold. Again, this 2.5 million or even 2.6 million units sold for the Apple Watch is not a bad number considering that Apple was supply constrained and it's much higher than any other smartphone watch sales to date. It is just lower than what the folks on Wall Street were estimating. Engadget had an article titled, Apple already took 75% of the smartwatch market. And they based that on Apple selling 4 million units, which again, if you look at the facts, just cannot be. And those numbers, that 4 million, they came from strategy analytics uh, that had the global smartphone market at 5.3 million units last quarter with Apple being 4 million of that. But if we adjust that to 2.6 million, best case for the Apple Watch. I really do believe that's the highest. And add in the 1.3 million from everyone else, we get 3.9 million units, which I don't even need a calculator to say that Apple had two-thirds of the smartphone market last quarter, which is still a great number. Don't I'm not trying to downplay it. I just want to get what the real number is. Johnny Evans at Computer World had an article on, on this, and he said, throw out any estimates below 3 million. I think he reversed that, and we should throw out any estimates above 3 million. From the rumor mill comes a potential photo of the front panel on what they are saying is the iPhone's success. And shocker, it looks like the front panel on the iPhone 6, which is pretty much what everyone is expecting. At this point, Apple supplies or suppliers have to have been ramping up production on the next-gen iPhone's components. So seeing pictures of the next-gen housing at this point not surprising at all. The one thing that we have not seen a photo of yet, though, and likely will not see until probably close to the end of August, is the finished rear panel with the camera mounted. Will it be flush with the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus? If it is, it bodes well for the Lynx camera rumor. If it's not, then it will mean at least another year at best for the Lynx camera module, which I am really, really, really rooting and hoping for in the iPhone 2015 generation. 
Let's see if the Lynx gets in there. If the Lynx camera module does get in there, then the camera lens should be flush with the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. This next one is about a class action suit that was put forth towards Nike and Apple. This is with regards to the Nike Plus fuel band, and the suit alleges the companies misled consumers about the accuracy of the device. If you are someone that purchased a Nike Plus fuel band between January 19th, 2012 and June 17th, 2015, you are now eligible for a settlement check of $15 or a Nike gift card for $25. The suit, which was originally bought against Nike, both Nike and Apple in 2013, alleged that, quote, false and or misleading statements were made regarding the Nike Plus fuel band's ability to accurately track steps and calories, unquote. And there were other claims, but that is the big one. My son has a Nike Plus fuel band, so I went and put it in for the $15 check. I will have a link in the show notes for episode 357 titled Nike Plus Fuel Band Settlement. That will take you to the page where you can then apply for the settlement. You will need the serial number of your fuel band or bands to get the check or checks or gift card or gift cards. Both Nike and Apple deny the claims in the suit and Nike will be the one responsible for the settlement payments according to the terms of the settlement. Guess with all of Apple's cash stuck overseas, over 90% of it, they really did not have any spare change lying around to pay these kind of things. My son loves his Nike Plus fuel band, so I don't have the heart to tell him about this. I'm just going to take the $15 when it comes in, and then I'm going to go ahead and get him an iTunes gift card and then tell him it's for being an awesome son or wait for him to do something really nice or something for someone or whatever. And say, here, iTunes gift card, you and your brother, go, go buy some apps. Remember all the media brouhaha about when you had a friend send you a text message with some special characters in it from to your iPhone, and it could cause your iPhone to reboot? This had lots and lots of press coverage from mainstream press to almost every tech blog. This was known as the effective power bug, and you can Google that to see the over-reporting on this issue. An issue that was completely patched in iOS 8.4, by the way. Well, what if I told you there was an exploit where all someone had to do was send you a text message and if you chose to read it or not, i.e. where you take no action at all, it would give the sender of that message control of your device if all they knew was your phone number. Something that affects over 900 million devices. What would you say about that? Let me read a quote from Zimperium, a mobile security blog. Quote, attackers only need your mobile phone number using which they can then remotely execute code via a specially crafted media file delivered via MMS, a fully weaponized successful attack can even delete the message before you see it. You will only see the notification. These vulnerabilities are extremely dangerous because they do not require the victim to take any action to be exploited. Unlike spear phishing, where the victim needs to open a PDF file or a link sent by the attacker, this vulnerability can be triggered while you sleep. Before you wake up, the attacker will remove any signs of the device being compromised and you will continue your day as usual, but now with the Trojan phone, unquote. Now, if this exploit was for iOS, it would be front page USA Today news, front of CNN.com news. It would be the most talked about exploit ever and have a gate name assigned to it, like Trojan Gate or Zombie Gate. 
But luckily for us iOS users, this is not an iOS exploit. But it is a real Android exploit, and it is for any device running from Android 2.2 to 5.1, which they are estimating is over 950 million Android phones. This is due to an exploit in Stage Fright, the multimedia component in Android. So I guess you could call this Stage Fright Gate if you were being fair and all. And being fair, I should mention that Google has a patch now for this and is sending to the manufacturers. That will then send to the carriers who, and who knows, maybe six months from now, maybe 25% of devices will have the patch, but many will never be patched. Kind of sucks to have an Android phone. Just saying. We'll be interesting to see how widely this one is covered in the press. And, oh, look, a quick update already. Seems that some in the press are covering this, NPR, Forbes, and Engadget, three of the bigger names that covered this so far. Just Google Stage Fright MMS Exploit to see more on this. And I'm not going to say I get any type of satisfaction out of this type of story because that would be wrong to say that out loud. And uh, oh, looking at USA Today this morning, uh, mid-morning, actually near noon, the top of the tech stories this morning after the news, this news broke yesterday, was one plus two to hopes to be a new flagship killer to the iPhone, arrival of the iPhone. So yeah, no bias at all. So what we're looking at here at the top of the USA Today sec tech section was about a new smartphone that's supposed to be a rival or iPhone killer. Nice. I did reach out to Paul Asatorian, the CEO of Security Weekly, for his opinion on this. His recommendation for any Android users, which I know there are a few that listen that are Android users, quote, patch your device if and when it's available. In the meantime, turn off the feature that automatically receives MMS messages and then trade in your Android device and get an iPhone if you really care about security. Okay, that last point I added, but isn't that a no-duh addition? I mean, if you care about security, after all, would you not already be on an iPhone? Even my son said that to me. I was talking about this because he actually heard about this as well. And, and he, I, we were talking and we said something about, well, is this going to cause people to go away from Android devices? You know what? I don't think it will because... If you have an Android device, you really don't care about security. And maybe that's why this isn't being played up. Maybe the expectation, the bar is so low for Android and what comes to security issues. That's the reason that this didn't make it on CNN, that this didn't make it anywhere in the CNN tech section or anywhere in the USA Today tech, tech section, that this isn't being reported by a lot of the big people. Now, some of them may be afraid to report it because they're afraid they'll get hit on Google, um, but that's kind of conspiracy theory. But the reality might just be that people that get Android phones have such a low expectation for security that when something like this breaks, it's yeah, old hat. Who cares? Um, oh, and by the way, take a look at where stagefrightgate.com takes you. Hey, Rob. Scott from Washington, D.C. Um, I've noticed lately on my iPhone 6 that the mark all is red when my emails come in it's not working anymore. 
Don't know what happened. Now my email box is up to 3,000 emails, and I can't seem to be able to check them off. Marked as read. If anyone out there can help me with this problem, please, I appreciate it. Thanks. Take care. That's good. I have a few different email boxes, and one of them on my iPhone had 15,000 plus unread emails. And I went in just now, my iPhone 6 Plus running iOS 8.4, and I selected them all as marked red and then saved that. And sure enough, it marked them all as marked red, and now I'm down to zero unread emails in that inbox. So it is working for me. What I would recommend that you do, force quit out of every app. Force quit every open app, and that includes the mail app. Then go to settings and then general, and you guessed it, go to reset and reset network settings. Run that through, that'll reboot everything, and then go and relaunch the mail app. And you have to make sure you reconnect your Wi-Fi before you do that, but then connect to the mail app and then see if you can do a marked all and mark them all as read. If anyone else has any suggestions on what Scott can do here, or if you've had this problem and fixed it, Give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or send us an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to email bag. Hi, Rob. Thought you might find this PDF of an Apple patent interesting. I was working on a patent search today for a client and came across this. Someone stealing an iPhone would know to turn it off so that it could not be located. This Apple patent shows a phone that is periodically powers itself up and that it may report its location even when it's been completely powered off or turned off. Regards, Bill. Well, Bill, thanks for sending over patent US 8,840,303 space B2 from September 30th, 2014, titled Apparatus and Method for Determining a Wireless Device's Location After Shutdown. And from the abstract, quote, A wireless data processing device is described which periodically exits an unpowered state and transmits location data, unquote. So, in a nutshell, every so often, ET wakes up and phones home with its GPS or wireless triangulation data. Apple is yet to say this is an available option. Maybe it will be in iOS 10. This does seem like a pretty valuable option to add to iOS devices. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. What happened to the YouTube app on the Apple TV? Thanks, Laura B. Well, Laura, Google killed the APIs that powered it. So if you have a second-gen Apple TV, no more YouTube for you. This was something we talked about a little bit back in April when it was first announced and had happened. But then we were expecting a new Apple TV in June, and, well, that did not happen. So many of us with Apple TV second-gen no longer are able to get episodes of Annoying Orange, or see pugs saying, I love you, or those Minecraft videos from the guy with the British accent that has a couple of pugs. Yep, all those videos are gone, as is the entire YouTube app for second-gen Apple TV owners. If you are a third-gen Apple TV owner, you should be able to get the new YouTube app if you make sure you are updated to the latest version of the software for your Apple TV. And you can do that by going to Settings, General, Update Software. Hey, Rob, it's L.A. from Pennsylvania. Man, I'm having a couple of different <laughs> challenges with voiceover and, and, and apps and anyway. But anyway, major major challenge I'm having right now is with the Notes app. Sometimes, like when I'm going to edit, let's say if I got a list of phone numbers or something like that, 
if I want to change, like put a note on that list, I can't do it because every time I tap, double tap it, you know, it's acting like it wants to call the phone number and I can't figure out how to edit it. It used to be like a trial and error type of thing. It will work sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. But now every single time I double tap, it goes straight to a whole phone number, like highlights the whole row. So I don't know if anyone knows how to consistently be able to make changes to a notes app. I mean, a note that already has a list of phone numbers, if there's a way to edit that. I'm sure there has to be, obviously, but I just can't figure it out. Team, help me out. Thanks. Love the show. Hey, LA. I went into the Notes app. I put a few different phone numbers in there. I just made sure it was the ones for my call-in number for the show, so I wasn't calling anybody late at night. Turned on voiceover, and I, for the life of me, couldn't figure out how to get those numbers to be edited. So I'm with you. I have no idea how to do that. If anyone out there listening does know how to do it, use one of those numbers, 206-666-6364. Give us a call. Let us know how you edit a phone number in the Notes app with VoiceOver on, because I, I couldn't figure it out. Just a quick update on the Zenaps Kickstarter project. That's a Z-N-A-P-S project that we mentioned on the last episode, and I said that they were just over 500,000 US dollars in funding and had 19,000 backers. Now they're over $1.3 million in funding and have over 47,500 backers. Kudos to their team. For those that don't remember or did not listen to the last episode, this is the adapter that turns your lightning port into a MagSafe lightning port. Go to kickstarter.com and search for ZNAPS Let's see who the first listener is to actually get one of these products delivered. I've ordered mine. Right now they're saying that November 2015 is the delivery date. No way. Again, if I get mine before Easter next year, 2016, I'll be very happy. By the way, uh, them getting over $1 million meant that they have unlocked their main stretch goals for this device. The next stretch goal being $2 million Canadian dollars. Right now, they're over 1.7 million Canadian dollars. And that stretch goal for the 2 million mark is a version for a USB-C connector adapter. Hopefully, they get that to get to that goal, which would mean more money for me, as I definitely would be getting that. Per the stretch goals that were unlocked, one of them was putting a power LED indicator on both sides of the adapter. Another was special designs, but really the dual side LED indicator was for me the one I really like. So I'm glad they reached that. And again, I hope they do get to, and it looks like they're going to get to the USB-C connector as well. And I'll order that as well. You have until August 14th at 11.09 a.m. Central Time to fund this one. And again, that is Z-N-A-P-S over at kickstarter.com. To the email bag. Hey, Rob, thought you'd like these two products. The first one I don't think has been mentioned on the show yet. It's an Apple Watch band that charges the phone while you wear it through the watch's hidden accessory port. I haven't heard of anyone who's been able to access that port yet, let alone use it for anything like charging. It's called Reserve Strap at reservestrap.com. The holy grail would be a USB directly on the USB band, allowing you to plug it into your computer for recharging and even data transfer. Also thought you might like this selfie stick microphone combo on Indiegogo. Hard to explain, just check out the photos and you'll get it. And lastly, thanks for the tip from your listeners about using iMovie for my wife's slideshow this weekend. I think I'll do that. Regards, Eric B. Well, thanks, Eric, 
for the heads up on these two items. The first one again is the reserve strap. And this is similar to one that we did talk about back on episode 344 called Y Power Band, which right now on their site does not look good for actual product. With uh, just a coming soon message. That one was supposed to cost $99, while that one got lots of press. Right now, it does not look like they have a product. Can you say vaporware? Eric, the one that you're talking about, the reserve strap, has an order now button and a price of $250 for either a 38 or 42 millimeter size. If you go to order, make sure you select the correct size as it defaults to 38 millimeters. So this one they are claiming will give you 2.7 times the power for an additional 30 hours of usage, essentially taking you from one and a half days to well over three days of solid usage. The reserve strap also comes in three colors, white, gray, and black. So yes, for all those looking to get a black strap, there you go. Some other specs, they say it is water resistant. It has a micro USB charging port. It does not look like it'll charge from the inductive charging port or pad. You will need to plug it in the micro USB connector to charge it. They also say it adheres to Apple's official band design guidelines, and it does look very nice. At $99, I would have pulled the trigger right away, but at $250, I'm going to have to wait until they are shipping and hear how it goes. This is one of those bands that will connect to the hidden connector under your strap, as mentioned before. If anyone does order the reserve strap, please call in with a review once you get one. Or if the folks at reserve strap or have press units, you, you know, you can always send my one my way, just saying. And I did reach out to the folks at reserve strap and they did answer my question on delivery. And they said November 3rd is their ship date for the strap. So before the holidays. And we'll see. Uh, they also said they're going to send in a review or talk a little bit more about the reserve strap. So I hope to have a recording on that for the next episode. If you're a business traveler, you travel a lot for business, and you love your Apple Watch, this is kind of like a no-brainer thing to get for your Apple Watch because it really is going to help extend the life of your battery while you're traveling. And that's when you're most likely going to need it to last a day or two more than normal. Now, Eric, per your second item that you mentioned, the Solo Cam, it's a selfie stick that at the end that you hold, it has an HD mic a, with a Bluetooth connection and a smartphone app where it all combines to be a mini video recording studio. Prices range from $49 for the basic selfie stick and HD mic to $149 for the Super HD mic, upgraded stick, adapter, stereo connectors, and a custom bag to $499 for the Ultra HD mic, stereo connector, adapters, custom case, upgraded stick, and custom logo on the mic flag. Glad I just do audio. But for you video podcasters or YouTubers, this is something you'll want to check out at least. Search for Solo Cam, S-O-L-O-C-A-M, one word, at Indiegogo.com, or look in the show notes for episode 357, which is today in iOS.com. Right now, they have 30K in funding with a goal of 40K, and you have until August 5th to fund this project. Hi, Rob. I wonder if this works regards Tesh. Thanks, Tesh. And the this that Tesh is referring to is an article on iPhone Hacks that goes over how to change the DNS server on your iOS device. If you are noticing really slow internet connections when surfing the Wi-Fi at your house, this might be one possible solution. 
it is where you override the default DNS your ISP provides with one you select. In the article, they make reference to a free and supposedly faster DNS from Google and another one from OpenDNS. You know, um, you might want to go look at that other one from OpenDNS if you don't want the NSA, I mean Google, spying on what you're saying. This is something I am going to test out with my wife's iPad mini, actually put it in right before the episode and because she was having some issues with Wi-Fi. So I'll find out how that worked for her. She's kind of been complaining recently about internet speed on her iPad mini. Of course, I would recommend before you do any of this, if you are seeing slowed Wi-Fi performance on your iOS device, first try the old standby of force quitting all open apps, then go to settings, reset, reset network settings, and see if or how that works after the reboot. Uh, if it's any slower or if it's faster then well if it's if it's still slow give this a try look for the link in the show notes titled how to change the dns server on your iphone and ipad word on the street actually it's been confirmed is that the apple watch will be available at best buy stores starting on august 7th at over 100 locations this is expected to be expand to over 200 locations in time for the holiday shopping season in the u.s that is in addition to the Apple Watches, they are supposedly going to also offer up over 50 accessories for the Apple Watch. So just take a look. August 7th, maybe your local Best Buy will be one of the 100 locations that they pick to support the Apple Watch. I think the best news you can take out of this news is that it looks like Apple is getting more and more supply that they're able to now expand out to other retail locations in the U.S., not just at Apple stores. I mean, based on the fact that supply has been increased and not that demand has dropped. Hey, Rob, it's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. With respect to our friend Daniel in the UK, it was really interesting. I actually played Siri his comments about calling for Coffeehouse and Starbucks, and Siri here in America understood him no problem. My only thought is that maybe he needs to slow down just a bit and enunciate a little bit better. Maybe that has something to do with Siri's understanding. Hi, Rob. I'm flying out of the country soon and need to unlock my wife's iPhone 5S. She's still on 8.0.2, but I stopped jailbreaking a while back, so I'm not sure what's available to jailbreakers. If I jailbreak her 5S, is there an unlock tweak like there was back in the day? I called AT&T and they refused to unlock unless I pay ETFs and give up my gr grandfathered unlimited data plan. So I need another solution. By the way, are IMEI unlock sites scams? How can they override AT&T? Regards, Mason. Well, Mason, first off, I'll say this. Most unlock sites out there are scams. So don't be looking at unlock sites. Per the question about jailbreaking you can jailbreak if you all the way up to 8.4 uh, the tag taig jailbreak does work but you need to have a windows computer to do that jailbreak per a tweak on cydia for unlocking your device if anyone does know of a cydia tweak that works for the iphone 5s for people on at&t please let us know give us a call or shoot us an email Hi, Rob. Just wanted to write in with a little feedback on the iPhone 6, 6 Plus call quality. I have a 6 Plus first in line on launch day, and my sister had an iPhone 5 until a few weeks ago when she bought a iPhone 6. Her and I immediately noticed an increase in voice quality with our calls. 
It actually sounds like she's talking over my shoulder rather than over the phone. We both have AT&T. Kudos to Apple on the nice improvement and probably flew under the radar for most users. Regards, Lou V. Rob and Shannon in Arizona. Man, I'm listening to Daniel call in on episode 356, and this guy cracks me up as well. I, I mean, no offense. I can listen to him tell a story all day long. you got to get him as a regular part, uh, uh, reading a news story or, or, or doing something, man. He just, he just brightens my day. So I just wanted to let you know that. Uh, and to Daniel, dude, I love your accent. It's amazing. Thanks, Rob. Love the show. Take care. Bye. Hey, Rob. It's Daniel from Wisbeach in Cambridgeshire. I swear to God, thanks to your podcast, Wisbeach in Cambridgeshire has reached a far wider audience than it ever would have done normally. In fact, I don't work for the tourist board, but don't come here. There's nothing to offer. Anyway, getting on to what I was saying, or what I was calling up about, rather. I've just listened to your latest podcast. It's now the 23rd of July in this country. Sorry, I don't know the number. I know you like to go podcast 305,000 or whatever. So just re... You know. Anyway, I'm babbling. Uh, the guy rung up talking about Apple Care. Now, I want to give my two penneth about Apple Care. Don't know whether it's just in the UK or whether it's worldwide. They are... Are you ready? Fantastic. Here's what happened to me. I had a MacBook Pro Retina. I spent 1,800 notes on it. I threw that money down like a kid at Alton Towers on opening day. However, it developed a problem. It burnt itself out, so it wouldn't turn off. So I rung them up. I said, this has happened. 1,800 pound machine. What can you do about it? I'll tell you what we could do about it, sir. Give you a new one. I thought, bosh, back of the net. Thanks very much. Doesn't stop there. Then what it transpired was that somehow it got a little bit garbled in the fact that they said they was going to give me a new one, but then someone else said, well, hold on, we can't give you a new one. So I'm like, well, all right, okay, we need to talk about this. Bit of to and fro, and shall we say about three weeks worth, but, you know, I'll need a new machine, so it's worth the effort. Long story short, Rob, get a load of this. They give me a new machine, and not only that, they gave me £150 Apple voucher to spend on whatever I like. I mean, you know, you can't odds that. It don't stop there, though, mate. Listen to this. I had an iPhone 6, okay? Well, it's got an iPhone 6. I'm looking at it. Anyway, it played up. The home button was sticking, right? It also had a little smash on the screen. I said, look, the home button's um, playing up. Took it into the store. They said, um, it's sticking. They said, has it had water damage? I said, no, no, nothing like that. He took it out the back. I thought, I bet he's going to throw it in the sink. No, he didn't. He come out. He said, no, it hasn't had any water damage. Do you know what we're going to do? You can guess what's coming, don't you? Bosh, give you a new one, back of the net. So as far as I'm concerned, just to wrap this up and clarify my point, Apple Care, or sorry, the Apple Store, or Apple in general, in fact, are the best company for customer service. Have you ever known a company of such magnitude and wealth to care that much that they can just sort a problem out like that? No writing letters, no toing and froing, no solicitors, no legal action, no headaches. You know what we're going to do, sir? Bang! There's a new one. Are you happy now? Well, I'll tell you what, Rob, I'm as happy as I'm listening to your podcast every week. That's how happy I am. In fact, I've been read out now twice. Fills me with umpteen amounts of joy. Anyway, as always, have a nice day. 
Shannon, you ask and you shall receive, and Daniel, thank us again for the feedback. Some interesting info for app devs seems Apple is adjusting its App Store algorithm again. Not that we knew what it was. Originally, the App Store algorithm a long time ago was pretty simple. It was the number of new sales, downloads in the last seven days with a weighted average for the last 24, 48, and 72 hours. I proved that out early on. I did a whole blog post about it. But then Apple made changes and pulled in other criteria like amount of times the app was launched. So usage came into play. It is also believed that the average ranking is also at play. No one really knows all the components anymore and what the weights are. But it is clear from time to time it gets adjusted and a bunch of apps drop and some jump up initially after this said change. And one of those events seems to have happened on or around July 17th. If you are an app dev, here is my best recommendation. Don't worry about rankings. Make a good app. Add in incentives to get your audience to rate the app. Don't be overly spammy with pop-up ads and types of actions that get in the way of actually using the app. Ease of use and a smooth flow from action to action with minimal or no need to click X to get rid of the ad or click out of this new pop-up. That will help in getting a good rating. If you are an app dev, look for the article, Apple adjusts its App Store algorithm in the show notes for episode 357 at todayinios.com to learn more about this. And again, at the end of the day, don't worry too much about what the actual algorithm is. The key thing here is to make sure that you create a really good app, that you incentivize the users of your app to rate your app and go out and tell their friends about your app. That's really what's most important. Hey, Rob. My name is Lee Shepard. I'm in the Portland metro area. And I have to call you. I've got a couple of items I'd like to ask you. We built an app that we got rejected from Apple. And so far, I've got 200 users that want it. But we can't distribute it to the App Store because Apple refuses and rejects it. We're trying to put it on Cydia. And we're having a hard time finding documentation because everything says they got a upload it as a package. And I want to put it out to the listeners that anybody that can put feedback in on where I can get more help on how to compile it for Cydia. We definitely feel good about the product we, and we want to give it away for free. But without being on the app store, we have a few alternatives and that's it. It's called Cydia. The next thing is, is I, uh, I actually found a nice little tool in the Apple podcast app. If you go to the search if you put in an RSS feed over a podcast that you have to pay for or have to have credentials for, and in the search, you type in the RSS feed location, it'll come up and it'll prompt you for a username and password so that you can actually access the private content. I've been looking for a solution for this for quite some time, and it just so happens I found out found it on a website. I don't remember exactly where, but I found it on a website that told me if I did this, it'll pop up the username and password. I've successfully been set it up and been listening to podcasts. It's downloading paid content that I'm paying for, for I would say about a month now. So I'm really, really excited about it. And I figure I'd pass it on. That's the only reason I hated the Apple podcast app is because I couldn't get paid content. Love the show, Rob. Keep up the good work. And yes, I'm a Harry user now too. So have a good day. 
Lee, thanks for supporting Harry's, our sponsor, and thanks for the voicemail message there. And here's what I would suggest, and I know this is one I've sent people to before, is thebigboss.org. And they had a post back September 2011 titled Compile for Cydia Submission. And check that out. So Compile for Cydia Submission. Google that, and it's at thebigboss.org. And that should help you. If there are any developers out there listening to the show, actually, I know there are. If there are some of you that have put your apps on Cydia, what tutorial or what resource did you use to get your app up on Cydia? Give us a call, 206-666-6364, or shoot us an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let us know what it was that you did or what you followed tutorial-wise to get your app up on the Cydia store. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. After listening to TII item 356 this week and your comments about your Apple Watch uh, to pay and what you saw, I thought I'd share my sightings of the Apple Watches compared to other smartwatches. Since the launch of the Apple Watch, I've supported five, and each owner, when extensively integrated, uh, love their Apple Watches. Each one of them has told me it's an extension of their iPhone that effectively releases them for their phone. Also, each person reports two days battery. I've also seen two Pebble originals. One was my own in the same time frame. I loved mine, but only bought it to justify the existence of smartwatches. They are basically, they are basic, but do what they do very well. In the same time, I've seen no Android Wear watches. I'm not surprised about that. Thanks for all you do for educating us on the ways of the Apple Regards, Craig in Liverpool in UK. Well, Craig, thanks for the feedback. Hey, Rob, this is Brent out here in Oklahoma City, and I have a question about something that maybe some of your listeners can help out with. But used to, before Apple went to Apple Music, I was able to, uh, and I did. I do have a iTunes Match subscription, and I was able just to say, play, playlist, whatever, and it would play my iTunes match playlist. So play playlist country shuffled or play playlist pop or whatever. And now I can't get it to do that. I'm on the free trial of Apple Music, and I don't know if that's interfering with it, but I've turned off Apple Music in my music setting under the settings area, and I have iCloud library turned on. And so all my playlists are showing up there, but I can't figure out the right combination of phrases to ask Siri to play those playlists. And so I was just wondering if anybody else has run into this or if they have the right uh, the right phrase that I need to say or ask in order to be able to get this to happen. A lot of times when I'll ask Siri to do something with my playlist, she'll just respond back, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble playing your music right now or something like that. So I don't know if that's part of the Apple glitch that they had on their library last week or, or whatever. But anyway, I'm just having frustrated time. So I don't know, maybe when my free trial cancels or stops, maybe it'll go back to the way it was. But uh, if you could throw that out there, I'd sure appreciate it. Thanks. Brent, it is thrown out there. If anyone has any ideas, any help, any suggestions, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back into the email bag. Hi, Leo. After listening to the July 17th episode, 
I felt a strong need to write and defend my love for the iPod Touch. I know my situation is probably totally unique, but I love my iPod Touch and even considered buying a backup in case they stop selling them as you have suggested. First things first, I'm a 49-year-old female. I have an iPod Touch. I've had an iPod Touch for years, long before my first iPhone, the 5C. I would give up my phone any day before my Touch. I use my Touch strictly for podcast and music. Just as I prefer reading books on a Kindle rather than my tablet, I prefer to keep it all separate. In addition, my employer does not want to see phones lying on our desk during work hours, but they have no problem with a listening device. Last but not least, for reasons I cannot explain, I get much better battery life and Wi-Fi connection for my iPod Touch than I ever have from my iPhone. Just a fan letting you know we're still out here. Regards, Sharon Fultz. Well, Sharon, I am guessing you were trying to get a hold of Leo Laporte from that show with the completely unoriginal name that way too similar to the name today in iOS. I have no qualms with the iPod 6th generation. I think it's a very nice device, especially if you are a dev of iOS devices or apps or preteen or just looking for a small Wi-Fi only device that fits in your pocket, kind of like what you are. I am very, very happy to see that the iPod Touch 6th gen update and release happened. My only negative comments per it were with regards to the 16 and 32 gigabit capacities, I would not recommend either. If you are a serious user, go to 128 gig. Uh, two to three or four years from now, you'll be very, very glad you did. 64 gig, absolute minimum storage level, I would recommend. But again, I think that feedback was meant for Mr. Leo Laporte and not Rob from Today in iOS. Just saying. Hi, Rob. This is Destin from the Colony, Texas. I had a question for you uh, regarding Apple Music. Uh, just getting started on that platform. My wife and I share a Apple ID as well as a cloud ID, iCloud ID. I think we're ready to undo all that, or I am anyway. Uh, I heard one of your callers say that he didn't get his three months free because he accidentally logged in with his wife's ID, and then when he went which I um, uh, wouldn't give them the three months anymore. I don't want to fall into that same category, but I'm not sure the best way to go about untangling all of our, there's really no untangling to do because we only have one. I want to do the family share so that we don't have to pay for things multiple times. That's why we originally started sharing uh, an Apple ID as far as one to start with. So anyway, I don't want to inconvenience her. Uh, I'm the more tech-savvy user in the family but I would prefer to be the, the head of the family share plan as well. I'm not sure how to start her phone over without, you know, having all her stuff ripped off. And any advice you can give me in and around that would be greatly appreciated. Thanks a lot. Bye. I want to throw this one out there to anybody that has a family share plan that's set up as using Apple Music and has multiple people using Apple Music. Was there anything special you needed to do any gotchas, any caveats, anything that you learned while setting it up that you'd like to share with others. Give us a call or shoot us an email. Who's your daddy? My daddy? I don't get it. Who's your daddy? I know this must mean something. Everybody keeps saying this. Who's your daddy? You are. Can we get back to work now? Thanks again to Harry's for sponsoring this episode. 
And please go to harrys.com now and save $5 off when you enter the code TII with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and enter the coupon code TII at checkout to save $5. Start shaving better today. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode. Or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And there is the free TII app. Just search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is a fully voiceover-friendly app, of course. Please go right now and download the TI app. And did I mention it's free? Next week's episode will likely be delayed to the end of the week, maybe a little longer. (laughs) I will be going to Podcast Movement this weekend in Dallas, Texas, where Libsyn will be exhibiting and I will be speaking. These events, I typically don't get anything done outside of answering fires on emails. So it will be the end of next week best case before I get back to the show notes and but hey five episodes released in July not bad thanks to everyone that sent in feedback this month your feedback is what makes this show and I just want to say it is greatly appreciated you are the best audience ever okay let's wrap this up before we all start crying and that folks is going to do it for us today until the next episode I am your host Rob from today in iOS reminding you to phone This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.
a wireless a wireless data processing GPS or wireless triangulation. Well, Laura, Google 